Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Smart journalism. Fascinating topics. Words that describe CNN's podcast, The Assignment with Audie Cornish. We are revisiting the public school culture wars. What have we learned from the kids who fought against book bans? We really started the club to get students reading these books. Students have an opinion in this fight, too. How has the war over books sparked a backlash to the so-called parents' rights movement? It's not okay what they're doing, and they're being watched. Listen to The Assignment with Audie Cornish. Streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw, live from the Circus Sportsbook on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome into Odds On. I am Mike Palm. He's Amal Shaw coming to you from the Circa studio here in beautiful downtown Las Vegas. It's Monday after the first weekend of the NCAA tournament. And Amal, you texted me on Saturday you wanted to lead with Baylor, North Carolina. Yeah, I'll tell you what, the it's really unbelievable to me, the execution late game stretch there. Congratulations to Carolina to get out of this game. But, Mike, it's like they've never actually executed against a defense that puts pressure on you. Uh, really surprised by the result there. But give uh, North Carolina a lot of credit. they got a good matchup and two blue bloods, real blue bloods here, UCLA and North Carolina. And really, for me, the key is going to be is Jaime Hawkes healthy enough because if he's not, I think the Bruins could be in trouble. We're going to get to each of the eight games mm-hmm. uh, coming up in the next round, in the next segment, and I'm going to ask you, Wilder Wright, uh, the opening line numbers here. I was surprised by a few of them. Speaking of, of this Carolina game against Baylor, I was dead wrong. I didn't think Carolina could play well enough to take that little Dickies crowd out of the game there in Fort Worth, but they did. They played a dominant first half of basketball. The lead ballooned to 25. Did you agree with the ejection on Manic? I did not. However... Uh, for Brady Manick in North Carolina, it was good because otherwise he would have gone full Buddy Beheim situation and been suspended for the next game, and you need Manick against UCLA. I, I'm going to lead this in, and I don't want to spend a ton of time on it, but I don't recall talking about officiating as much in an open opening weekend of the tournament as this weekend. That situation there where they seemed to swallow their whistles in the last 10 minutes and let the play be so aggressive, I thought, I thought they let Baylor really shove Carolina around. Granted, Carolina wanted to throw the ball into a corner every time that they got into trouble. But I thought that that 
Uh, and there were several out-of-bounds calls that went against Carolina there. The technical on Illinois for hanging on the rim when oh, it that cut was it awful. to four. Game momentum changer, huge against Houston there. I had Houston, but still, that really stymied. It looked like Brad Underwood and Illinois became discombobulated after the technical, and they never really got uh, their legs back underneath them. We can talk about uh, the end of the game, TCU, Arizona, Texas Tech, Notre Dame, the foul disparity, Purdue shooting 30 more free throws a game than any of their opponents, uh, Texas in point yesterday. Have you thought the officiating has been one of the overriding stories of the tournament? I Look, I don't really get into blaming officials, so for me, I, I don't see it as much as other people do. Uh, I just think it's kind of what it is. It's part of the game. My big issue is the fact that when you look at some of these calls, especially the technical, that that was awful. Um, but, you know, you got to play through certain situations and circumstances. And there's two things in college basketball I realized this year that I can't take anymore. Number one, the stupidity of players not knowing where they're on the floor and they step out of bounds. This is an epidemic. I've never seen anything like this before in my life. The number of guys stepping out of bounds, not having a damn clue as to where they're on the floor. And how many idiots are going to foul three-point shooters? You know, you and I are watching the Miami-USC game, game together. Miami comes, excuse me, USC comes out of a 17-2 run to start the second half. Shabazz Goodwin file, uh, fouls Wong on a three-point shot. Mike, you got to let guys take certain shots. If they make them, they make them. You live with the result. But fouling a guy like Wong, who sit, uh, steps up, knocks down all three free throws, changed the dynamic of that game. SC would have had probably a rebound there, uh, up four and a chance to move ahead further. Um, but I, I'll tell you what, uh, I saw two of the best dunks of the tournament I've seen in a long time. Wong against Jabari Smith, and then the Ben Matherin dunk against TCU. That was unbelievable. I generally don't get that excited on certain plays. You know how guys in the NBA bench get excited? They, they act like they've never seen a layup before. Uh, but to me, that dunk by Matherin was unbelievable. You saw the energy from Arizona. But what a response by Jamie Dixon's team. It's really impressed with a lot of the teams throughout this tournament in terms of how much grit and fight that they had. And then, Mike, to summarize everything, some of the worst coaching matchups and coaches I've ever seen in basketball. I'm going to tell you the two worst ones. Brad Underwood. This guy couldn't coach his way out of a wet paper bag. And Bruce Pearl. This guy should just sit there and say he is the bag man of Auburn. He must have helped Gus Miles on recruit players because this guy can't coach for sh- I mean, you get the point of what I'm saying. But but the point is, you look at him. He had three timeouts remaining until the under four media timeout. How are you not taking a timeout when your team's not executing offensively? I thought Penny was awful as well uh, late Saturday night in Portland. His team was gas. Look at Gonzaga, the stretch they put on in the second half, the speed that they turned that game up yeah. to. Penny's big guys couldn't get up and down the court, and he sat there with three timeouts and refused to use them. They literally were walking up and down the court with their hands on their hips Timmy, I mean, had the half of his life, and they needed every bit of it to advance. As Pete Gillen would say, you can't take him to the grave with yeah. you. I thought he was trying to take the three to San Francisco if they got <laughs> by that game. All right, let's get to burning questions. We did this during the NFL and college football season. So I want to ask you four burning questions about this year's NCAA tournament. Let's start with this, Amal. This year's tournament was thought by many to be the most wide open in years. Despite that, you and I both had the overall one and two seeds, Gonzaga and Arizona, meeting in the title game. After watching all four number one seeds struggle over the weekend, are you less confident in your title matchup? No, we talked about this before the tournament started. This is a very competitive tournament. You're going to have a lot of teams and a lot of opportunities out there. You've got experienced teams. You've got teams bringing guys back because the COVID year that had an extra season. Um, I think the biggest thing is I thought this was a great opportunity to take long shots this year if you like somebody outside of Gonzaga or Arizona because so many teams appear to be in a position to be successful. Um, I, I think it's still there for the taking. 
But I also think that people are overlooking when you're in a one and done situation, you've been working on this since October 1st or whatever the date is. There's an air of desperation that exists with teams that are given effort that you're just not going to see in a regular season game, potentially in a conference tournament game. And we've seen it on so many different teams. I was going back a moment. I was reading Lenardi and I did it sort of as a timeline from a month out up until selection Sunday about his thoughts on the tournament. Right. And I don't really follow it that closely. But he said about a week and a half before the tournament, watch out for the number one seeds because Memphis and North Carolina are going to make the tournament. They're going to be seated on the 8-9 line, and they'll have a definite shot to knock off a one seed in the second round. He's right in this sense that, look, you look at North Carolina, Mondo Baycott's had a tremendous year. Caleb Love's a great shooter. Brady Manick was a very good player at Oklahoma, transfers in. Davis was awesome for Carolina. They have talent. It's not like they're void of talent. Jalen Duran's a lottery pick. Amani Bates had he been healthy. You're taking that in the next draft because he's not eligible for the draft this year because he graduated high school a year early. He He's another lottery pick. So it's not out of the realm of possibility these things happening, Mike, simply because the talent disbursement. Question two. We agreed that this ACC was the worst we've seen in our lifetime yeah. or that we could remember. How do you explain three ACC teams in the Sweet 16? Well, Duke is a Duke's got five first-round picks potentially, or five in the top 40. So that that's expected. They were in a dogfight. I thought Michigan State played their best basketball game of the year against Duke. Came up a little bit short there. Uh, North Carolina's played extremely well. Outside of that little bit of a hiccup against Virginia Tech, they have been on fire of late. Give them a ton of credit for what they've been able to do. But Jim Laronega is one of the top five coaches in college basketball. This guy can flat-out coach. It was an embarrassment in terms of what you saw on Sunday between Bruce Pearl compared to Jim Laronega. And give the Miami team a ton of credit. They persevered against USC. USC misses a critical front end of the one-and-one with an 87% shooter in Dixon Waters. And then Miami takes advantage of that situation. And then they dominate Auburn. Wire-to-wire job, beating them by more than 15 points. Only time a two-seed has been uh, lost in a game wire-to-wire by more than 15 points. Amal, which conference has had a worse tournament? The Big Ten, who failed to advance more than one team to the Sweet 16 for the second straight year, having three seeds Wisconsin. They have two teams. Three seeds Wisconsin. Oh, I'm sorry. Three seeds Wisconsin and Purdue. Fifth-seeded Iowa and Ohio State and Michigan State lose. Um, You're right. Michigan Michigan and Purdue move on. Uh, Or the SEC who has one team in the Sweet 16, went 4-5 and five in the tournament, and has yet to face a single-digit seed in their games. I'm going to go with the SEC because when you look at some of the matchups, I thought uh, Villanova was going to beat Ohio State. I told you I thought that line should have been mm-hmm. 7. I was a little bit surprised by that number. Jay Wright's teams are so well coached. You and I were texting about this yesterday. Jay Wright, what a difference in terms of what you see to several other coaches outside of a Larinaga or somebody. Immediately, Ohio State gets on a run. He calls the timeout. Doesn't wait. And, and just the adjustment you see by his teams, it's absolutely just it has a huge impact on them. Uh, I thought Purdue played well. Uh, Michigan State really played well in a tough matchup against Duke. Illinois, they have no offense. Their thing is like, we're just going to try and overpower you with Kofi, and then maybe we can hit, down, hit some outside shots. That's about it. Um, I thought the biggest disappointment, including Tennessee, Kentucky, uh, Auburn, was Wisconsin. Wisconsin was playing at the five-serve form in Milwaukee. That is a home game. Make no mistake about it. They blow that game against an Iowa State team that scored 41-36 and in two of their last three games during the regular season before we got to the NCAA tournament. This team barely escapes against LSU, almost squandering a lead late in that game. You've got everything you want going for you. You've got a complete, almost like a red out, even though they weren't dressed in red, but you get my point. 
I, I thought this performance by Wisconsin with the turnovers and the three-point shooting. I look at Tennessee as a, as a major disappointment. They get to play an 11 seed in Michigan. Rick Barnes, 2-12-1 in his last 15 games in the NCAA tournament wow. against the spread. Yeah, and they, and they, they, they were not running good offense. They were hoisting up horrible shots the last six minutes of that game. I would agree with you there, um, but I, I think sometimes, and in Barnes's case, I think the numbers bear it out, but I think sometimes too much stock is put on the performance of one game, win or lose. Uh, you know, all these coaches get new jobs based on winning one game in the NCAA tournament or potentially a second game. To me, the team that is actually the most complete team so far that we've seen in the entire tournament for the first two games is the official team of odds on, the Providence Friars. Wire-to-wire job against Richmond. They trailed for about two and a half to three minutes against South Dakota State in that game. They were down by four. This team has really played completely and, and played extremely well, regardless who you would say their opponents are. Quickly, last question, Amal. Of the four double-digit seeds remaining, St. Peter's, Michigan, Miami, and Iowa State, which has the best chance to reach the Final Four? Uh, I would say Miami. I like the way this team's playing. Wong and company are not afraid, and they've adjusted to the size difference. Mike, I thought the size would be a factor against USC, and once I saw it, it was not a factor with Mobley and Goodwin. I had no concerns about going up against Kessler and against Smith. It's so important having these experienced guards in this tournament. They always talk about you want to win national championships about guard play. Get everything you need to bet the madness this year with 24-7 streaming, daily best bet emails, our tournament betting guide, including advice, data, and strategy for only $19. Get analysis from our experts, including Matt Newmans, Jonathan Von Tobel, Tim Murray, and Hoops Peterson. They have insights on every key team, conference, and player to watch, from the favorites to the potential Cinderella. Sign up today, get the betting guide, plus full access to VEASAN through the end of the tournament. That's April 5th for only $19. VEASAN.com slash madness. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. Five to six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. <laughs> like, what did we do? It's so slow. Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on the Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Before I found Zigazoo, I believed all social media was inappropriate for kids, but I feel great about my kids being on Zigazoo. Videos are moderated by actual people before being added to the feed. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about mean comments on your kids' videos. And you need parental consent before joining Zigazoo. Bottom line, it's a space that prioritizes data safety for kids. Oh, but don't take my word for it. Zigazoo is KidSafe COPPA certified. So weigh everything Zigazoo has to offer, 
Maybe you'll zigzag too. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Are you ready for a fresh start? And we mean a real fresh start with lasting change. Take the Zen 10 Challenge and switch up the way you've been enjoying nicotine. Available in a variety of tastes and strengths, Zen Nicotine Pouches deliver smoke-free and spit-free nicotine satisfaction. The Zen Nicotine Pouches for 10 days or your money back. Your fresh start is here. Take the Zen 10 Challenge today at zen.com slash 10. That's zyn.com slash 10. Zen Nicotine Pouches are for adults 21 plus who currently use tobacco or nicotine. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Welcome back into Odds On. Mike Palm with the Mall Shaw. 10-day free trial for our sponsor, Zen Nicotine Pouches. All right, Amal, let's get into the regionals. You had two of your final four teams knocked out. I had one. Um, we both had Baylor. You had Iowa. As we get into the region, we can update our picks if we want to change what we had before the tournament and then who we need to replace the teams that got knocked out. Let's start um, Thursday, and I want to do Wilder right here with these, these Sweet 16 matchups. Let's start Thursday, and I want to talk about the two West region games. Uh, first game on the docket on Thursday, tips at 4.09 p.m. Pacific time. This is played from the Chase Center uh, in San Francisco, home of the Golden State Warriors, and it features the four-seeded Arkansas Razorbacks against the top-seed Gonzaga. Amal, Gonzaga favored by 8.5 with a total of 154.5. Is 8.5 wild or right? I think it's wild. I do, too. I think it's too high. I thought it should have been 7. Mm. I think Arkansas has got a chance to really compete in this game. You know, one of the things is when you get to these games in the tournament, and look at yesterday. We saw Miami's a dog, outright winner. I thought that Murray State-St. Peter's line was out of whack. We both said that on Friday. What, why are all the sudden, I thought this was a four and a half or a five, or eight. St. Peter's in a better league than the Ohio Valley. We, we took a lot of money on St. Peter's. It, it just, it, I feel the same way here. Look, Gonzaga has not played well for the duration of 40 minutes during mm-hmm. any game. Uh, they were fortunate. I didn't see the second half of the game against uh, Memphis, on, or actually most of that game. But this team can flip the switch when they need to. But against a team like Arkansas, who's going to defend you? They're capable of knocking down shots. They've got good players in Tony and Note. They've got some playmakers here. I think it's going to be a challenge here at this number. I would look at the Zags here. Excuse me, Arkansas plus eight and a half. I think Arkansas can run with them as well if they want to turn up the tempo here better than Memphis could. Um, I like. I talked about this. 
being able to have the ball in Note's hand down the stretch at, at under four after you get through the under four timeout, and the fact that he can knock down threes with somebody in his face, but he can make all his free throws as well. <laughs> We've seen free throw shooting play a huge factor in the tournament. Arkansas has been a team where you look go back a couple years, Macon, Daryl Macon was a terrific free throw shooter. You want point guards that can close out games that can shoot free throws. I'm going to make a statement to you and see if you agree or disagree. There are 16 coaches left in this tournament. If I said name three coaches you'd want on your sidelines with your team from here on out. Now, I'm not talking about building a program, I'm not, but three coaches you'd want on your sidelines with your team once they get to the Sweet 16. Here's the three I'd choose. I'd I, take, I, I know your list. You know what? Okay, tell me. Mark your, Adams. Nope. Oh, okay. He's fourth. He, I don't know if he's fourth on my list either. Jim Laranaga. Laranaga's one of them. Eric Musselman. Musselman's one of them. Um... You're missing the, my number Jay Wright. Yes, yeah, Jay yeah, Wright. Yeah, I would Those are the you. three I would take. Yeah, I, I forgot about Villanova. I, I'm talking about as game managers, right? Now, Adams is a great defensive coach. He will teach defense. I also like his half-court sets as well. I thought he got outcoached by Bray yesterday. I, I didn't watch enough of that game closely. I've uh, never seen a team this year against Texas Tech, and this includes Kansas and Baylor and everybody, look more comfortable in their half-court sets than Notre Dame. The, the beautiful motion they ran, the open threes they were getting, it was it was a thing of poetry. I'm, all. I'm telling you, I tell you this all the yeah. time. I'm a Mike Bray fan. I've been for a long time. Mm-hmm. He's won me a lot of money simply because his teams execute yeah. extremely well. I'll tell you, you mentioned Jay Wright. He's going to get a ton of credit because he's got two national titles. But I think Musselman's as good of a coach as there is. Laranaga to me, though, and it's not because of what he did here. But if you watch his game management situationally, he is as good as anybody in college basketball. Very good there. USC made a run. I thought USC was going to take control yeah. of that game. Of course, you talked about the ill-advised foul on the three-pointer that really turned that game around. All right, the second matchup in the West in San Francisco happens at 6.40 p.m. Pacific time and features third-seeded Texas Tech, who escaped against Notre Dame against Duke, who was down five to Michigan State uh, with five minutes to go in that game and went on, I think, a nine to nothing run in uh, Krzyzewski's last stand here, the last run for Coach K trying to get him a sixth national title. Texas Tech opens a favorite here, Amal. The Red Raiders lane one with a total of 137. The number's right. Super sharp number, I think. Uh, yeah, it is. Right? And, uh... wouldn't, you, wouldn't you think that the public would make this number Duke favored? Duke at the higher seed, Duke and Krzyzewski's last stand, a Texas Tech team that struggled in their, in their round of 32 game? What I can't figure out with Duke is, mm. when you look at the talent, and you look at those couple teams, we looked at that Zion Williamson team with Barrett and um, uh, Cam Reddish, this team has more talent than that. But why is it that people are not believing them, including the odds makers? I mean, did you really expect Duke in a Sweet 16 game to be an underdog at this point in time? Not as a two seed. No, not at all. <laughs> And, you know, you look at them, Bankera was outstanding yesterday. Williams played great. Um, but I don't know why it just doesn't seem like this team can really assemble it together for 40 minutes consistently. You look at some of their losses at home to Clemson, yeah, right? Getting beat by double digits by Virginia Tech in that game. Letting Carolina score 55 in the second half at home in yeah. his last game. And there's a little Jacqueline Hyde in this team, too. It gives me a chance to get off of my future play a little bit here with Texas Tech being favored. Absolutely. Well, regardless, I think to me, if you're going to take this one, you take Tech on the money line or Duke on the money line. Either way, that way you have an opportunity in game. Somebody gets up by a decent number, you catch a quick number and take the other side just to hedge, because these games have such great swings and runs in them. We both had Gonzaga coming out of this region. You want to change your pick at all? I do not. I'm going to stay with the Zags. If Gonzaga isn't the one that comes out of it, who do you think will be? You know, that's interesting when you look at. Uh, this matchup, I think now, if if it's not the Zags, mm-hmm. I think it could be any one of the other three teams. I think they're all capable. Okay. 
All right, let's get to the South, the other region that's playing on Thursday night. First game tips 20 minutes after that game in the West, 4.30 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, South region is in San Antonio at the AT&T Center, formerly known as the SBC Center, where the Spurs play their home games. 11th-seeded Michigan takes on second-seeded Villanova. I'm all the Wildcats laying four and a half with a total of 135 and a half. You know, I, I'm really kind of conflicted on this one. There's a part of me that loves Michigan plus four and a half here with a great chance to be able to win this game. There's another part of me that says, this is what Nova does, and everybody continuously doubts them. That five-burger against Ohio State was a joke. You, you and I were texting before. We, I said, this has got to be seven. They're going to win this game. You know, there was about a five-minute spell. The Buckeyes really got hot made it a game. But it was really Villanova, for the majority of the game, keeping a 7-11 to 11 point working margin against Michigan. Can they shoot the ball consistently well like they did over the first two days, Mike? It's going to come down to that. I, I don't know. I think Dickinson can really present some problems for Villanova here. But I think Jay Wright, being as good of a coach as he is, They'll figure something out. And then how about Gillespie yesterday? Didn't play great necessarily in that first half uh, in their first round matchup. I forgot who they had. Um, but second game comes out, scores 10 quick points. Best free throw shooting team in the tournament as well. Best for, I, I don't remember <laughs> if uh, they broke the record or not. Best free throw shooting team in the history of the NCAA. They're right there on the cusp. I don't remember if they got it or not. Second game from San Antonio, 650 Pacific time features Fifth-seeded Houston, a Final Four team from last year. Top-seeded Arizona, also the number two overall seed in the tournament. Amal, Arizona lane two with a total of 145. I think it's going to be a fantastic game. I'm going to go with the Wildcats here, not because they're Wilder my pick. This is uh, this is right. Super sharp number again. Again, I yeah, I agree with you. You look at Houston. This is a dangerous team. Down to one and a half at draft. You know, you mentioned something that Alan Boston said and he was right on, which is that this team was underseeded. He said UAB got the worst draw in the world having to play Houston in the first round. They really did, but, <laughs> but give Houston credit. They really shot over their skis in that game. Yeah. They're not that good of a shooting team. I think where Arizona has an advantage in this game is Houston's a tremendous offensive rebounding team. Against the size of Arizona, I don't think it'll be as much of a pronounced advantage for them. Aren't you concerned TCU dominated the offensive glass against them last night? I know they did. I, I look at that. That was an aberration. And by the way, Jamie Dixon can flat out coach. I, I think there's the difference is this. The reason TCU did is because they kept dribble penetrating yeah. them, and that created the gaps to offensive rebound. Houston will be a jump shooting team trying to rebound the boards. Absolutely right. I think it'll be a different challenge. I think you bring up an excellent point there. For me, though, I'm going to take Arizona here. You know what's it's funny with Arizona, and you and I talked about this before. Arizona is a great, great 35 to 36 minute team. Mm. There's four to five minutes in every game. They have a hiccup. Yesterday we saw 13 0 run by TCU. I'm all. They had the ball up nine, three different possessions of that game. They, they, and then they find themselves down four in the last two minutes. I, I mean, it was cardiac arrest time in Tucson. Houston, number two in the BPI. Arizona, number three. Gonzaga, number one. This team, the metrics love this Houston Cougars team. And I'll tell you, if, you know, it's funny. With Texas and OU going to the SEC, this team is going to step right into the Big 12 and dominate. It's going to be fun to see. But give Kelvin Sampson's team a ton of credit. They defend extremely well. I thought when that line got down on the end play to one and a half and two and a half against the Illini, I said, you got to take Houston here. Illinois was fortunate enough to score certain points in that game. We both had Arizona advancing to the Final Four. Yeah. Changing your pick? 
No, I'm going to stay with it here. Uh, I, I just think that they've got enough talent to overcome their deficiencies. I think it's a tough region, though. A real oh, tough it's, region. It's a for great go- region. They'll face two great games. Need more college basketball insight? Check out the podcast Coast to Coast Hoops. Greg Hoops Peterson will look at every college basketball game on the schedule to find betting opportunities. Greg has an opinion on every single game side and total. Download Coast to Coast Hoops now at vcin.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're there, catch up on every vcin show as well as odds on. All right, Amal, we covered the Thursday night games. When we come back, we'll take a look at the Friday night matchups. This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Wendy's breakfast is the official breakfast of March Madness. Every day, choose from Wendy's stacked starting lineup, like the breakfast baconator, croissant combos, and hot or cold coffee. And like any great team, Wendy's is bringing the breakfast legends. Oven-baked sizzling bacon, fresh cracked eggs, perfectly seasoned breakfast potatoes, and a Simply OJ to bring it home. Make a fast break to your nearest Wendy's drive-thru and pick up your Wendy's breakfast, the official breakfast of March Madness. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. Welcome back into Odds On. Mike Palm here with the Mall Show. I love Wendy's. I like their charbroiled burgers. I haven't eaten Wendy's in a while, but their French fries I always thought were very good. My dad loved the chili. You used to always get chili and a frosty. Used to go to the drive-thru a couple times a week. Going back a couple decades, they used to have those great baked potatoes. Let me tell you something. I'm all. They had a chicken sandwich with mushroom sauce on it. This chicken said this. So I got a date. It's got to be 1997. They had this chicken sandwich. I went there like five times a week for a month. <laughs> I went there one day for lunch. I ordered and they said oh, it was discontinued. It wasn't popular enough. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Sometimes you see certain items you love and you're like, how is yeah, this I thing can't, discontinued? I can't like peanut that. butter Twix, please bring it back. Let's move on to Friday now, Amal, and that's the East and Midwest regions. Let's start out 4, 10 p.m. Pacific time from the Wells Fargo Center or the First Union Center or the Wachovia Center in Philadelphia. 15th seated St. Peter's Wachovia. takes on third seated Purdue, Amal, what a story St. Peter's has been. Beating second-seeded Kentucky, both our picks, to make the Final Four out of this region. And then, wire-to-wire against Murray State. That Murray State team averaging 80 points a game held them to 60, Amal. This team is for real. The Boilermakers and Matt Painter laying 12-and-a-half with a total of 135-and-a-half. Amal is 12-and-a-half wild or right? It's wild. I think we're in a situation in the tournament now where you'll see Purdue play well, and they'll, they'll be able to move on, in my opinion, but... I think it's too many points because St. Peter's, the one thing you have to go back to during the regular season, they were a terrific defensive team. When you look in the Metro Atlantic, and I get, I'm not going to sit there and try and even suggest that the competition is comparable to what they're going to face against Purdue. But to me, this team knows defensively what they need to do. Though The challenge is going to be, can you stay out of foul trouble unlike Texas, who I think they fouled out guys for next year already in that game against Purdue. It was unbelievable the number of whistles that went against them, especially on Zach Eady and with, of course, Travion Williams. By the way, one other thing I don't like about Purdue, they've got a talent, and I mean a talent in Jaden Ivey. Mm. You know who's my comparison for Jaden Ivey? Everyone says John Morant. I said John Morant, too. He's a, no, he's, to me, he's a mix of John Morant and Russell Westbrook. He's got the speed and quickness of a Westbrook and the, the athletic ability in terms of leaping of jaw, but I don't think they utilize him enough. Mike, I watch him on dribble penetration. Nobody can stay in front of this guy. I don't even understand what Painter's doing. I'd be running ISOs, high ball screen, have somebody roll to the basket. You're not going to stop them. 
This guy's unbelievable. Shaheen Holloway has certainly become a media sensation here in this tournament, and many think he'll be going back to his alma mater, uh, Seton Hall, after yeah. this run is over. How do they deal with the size? That's going to be the challenge here. Um, you know, I, I think when you look at Edie, he, he's so difficult to move. That'll be interesting. You're going to have to have guys that have fouls to give. You're going to need to utilize them. I think you got to put Edie on the line sometimes. You can't give him easy buckets. I, I don't know. It's not going to be easy. But I'll tell you the other thing I like in this game, Mike. I like under 135 and a half. I think if you're St. Peter's, you got to keep this a lower scoring game. You've got to play so many. You remember during the regular year, they'd have totals that are in the low 120s, high teens. So I think this is something to take a look at here. Second game in Philadelphia, 6.40 p.m. Pacific time, features eighth-seeded North Carolina, fourth-seeded UCLA. As you said, the Blue Bloods of Blue Bloods meeting in this tournament. UCLA, Amal, lane two to Carolina with a total of 142.5. Yeah, the one concern I have in this matchup is Jaime Jaquez, the ankle. We saw it go down. If Jaquez can be healthy fully, and that's a big if, I love UCLA too. I think the way Mick Cronin's teams defend, they absolutely suffocated St. Mary's. I thought that was so far, arguably, uh, the gift of the tournament. St. Mary's three. If you think about this matchup, St. You said on Friday it's way too cheap. Well, you look at St. Mary's. They're a really good team. Yes, they beat Gonzaga, but there's familiarity with Rennie Bennett's team. Let's be real. They play them three times a year for half for the last 10 years. They faced them 30 times. Now you play a UCLA team that I don't think mixed team has gotten enough credit for how good they are defensively and how they're able to shut down teams. And then they hit clutch shots when they need to. Do you know that that was the first time since 1979 that UCLA had faced another California team in the NCAA tournament? Wow. What a statistic, huh? That's I Wow, that's a shocker. <laughs> yeah. Um, Hawkes, uh, Mick Cronin says if Hawkes can walk, he'll play. Yeah. He said, I don't know if he'll be able to walk, though. <laughs> that's scary. He's had a lot of ankle problems the whole he, season. He has, but he's their best player. He's their toughest player. He has a grit and toughness to him that you want on every team. I disagree with you on this game. Um, and the fact that I think Carolina has the ability with their size to turn UCLA into a jump shooting team. If they let UCLA get to the rim and dribble penetrate, I agree with you. But Carolina kept Baylor away from the rim, and Baylor gets to the rim as well as anybody. UCLA was in that first game against Akron wanted to settle for all these jump shots. If they become a jump shooting team, I think Carolina prevails here. That's a fair argument. Also, you look at uh, North Carolina shooting almost 40% near the three-point oh. stripe. But I think with uh, Johnson coming in with his length can present some problems to Amando Baycott. They've got 10 fouls between him and Cody Riley to give on Baycott. Uh, defensively on the perimeter, Jules Bernard, Johnny Juzang, Tiger Campbell, this team can really lock you down. I, I don't think it'll be as easy. Now, they did shoot the ball extremely well against a great defensive team in Baylor, but I think UCLA can really eliminate what they do offensively. All right, Kentucky out, so we both need to have a replacement yep. pick here for this region. You are going with? I am going to – I'm going to – who's – boy, this is – I'm going to go with Purdue. I'm, I'm going to take Carolina. That's take, not a bad play. I'm, take, I'm not betting it, but no, I'm going to take Carolina because I think they can get by, and then I think they – I've yet, I, I'll believe Purdue makes a Final Four when I see it. Here's the thing. No team benefited more from a, two teams getting bounced more than Purdue. I, I thought UCLA was capable of beating Kentucky and beating Baylor. Mm -hmm. I didn't think Purdue would necessarily be able to do that, but if you look at them, I think with what they can do offensively, they can present some challenges. Okay. All right, let's switch then to the Midwest, the last region we haven't talked about. United Center in Chicago, 4.30 p.m. Pacific. First tip goes between Providence and Kansas. As you said, Providence has been dominant so far in the tournament. Ed Cooley's team, they seem to win every close game. And then Kansas, 
who with two minutes to go was only up two on a very undermanned Creighton team. I think that would have been Bill Self's worst tournament loss of his career if they would have lost to Creighton. I'm all the Jayhawks. Lane seven and a half to the Friars with a total of 141 and a half. I love PC here getting seven and a half. I think this is complete disrespect to this program, what they've been able to accomplish all year. You mentioned it with KU, but they're a different team at the fog as opposed to away from it. Uh, I think Providence, Mike, I know you're not going to want to hear this. I think PC is going to win this bracket. I, I love the way they're playing. I think they're going to beat Kansas here. Um, they're plus seven and a half. I love them in this spot. Any factor playing in Chicago for Kansas in a regional advantage as far as having the home home court? Look, they'll have people. There's no question about it. But I think this Providence team has been able to overcome so much. You know, you know Providence to me, I know everyone's points to that loss against Creighton. I'm not worried about that. I thought Providence showed me more in a loss against Villanova than anything else when they played at the Pavilion Nothing this year. to play for in that game. Yeah. And they came out and they, they were so competitive. Seven and a half here, and I think they got a great chance to win this game. You taking some plus 280 on the money line? Uh, yeah, I'm going to take a shot with that. All right, and then the second matchup at 7 o'clock Pacific Friday night from Chicago. 11th seeded, the Iowa State Cyclones. 10th seeded Miami Hurricanes. Miami opens one and a half. Is that wild or right? Total 133 and a half a month. This is wild. I thought this line should have been three in favor of the Hurricanes. I think Miami has played so well. They faced against they faced athletes and just teams that are much more battle-tested in terms of talent than Iowa State. I'm going to go with uh, Miami here. Now it's gone up to two and a half. Okay, so this is a little bit more accurate. I thought it opened I be, up. I bet the opener. Uh, there's no way this yeah. game is not three or three and a half when they tip off. Love the way Miami's playing. By the way, how about the shot making and the and the decision making by their guards? The guards so are so good. You knew that would be such an advantage against Auburn. I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you, there's certain players that make certain types of plays. How about Wong when he has a breakaway steal against Auburn? And Jim Nance is like, oh, here's showtime. No, no, no. What does Wong do? Lays it in. Because a missed dunk would have been so detrimental. Take the two points. Just great decision making by this team consistently. Larinak and flat out coach, but Otzelberger deserves a ton of credit. He took a car that was absolutely wrecked and dead on the side of the road, revitalized it, and has him in the Sweet 16. Dead. They won two games last That's year. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's been unbelievable what they've been able to do. And I thought they had not necessarily an aesthetically pleasing game, but I thought they had one of the best wins of the entire tournament outside of St. Peter's beating Kentucky, winning in Milwaukee against Wisconsin with your Big Ten Player of the Year and the conferences. Not 100%, that. though. You would agree it wasn't 100%. That was definitely the biggest home card. You know what I thought was really a, a, a neutral court? And, and I like to see games played there, except the Rams might be the tightest in the world, is at Viejas. Oh right? God, I, thought, yeah. I thought all the teams were represented there well. Obviously, Arizona had the biggest base. But, you know, Notre Dame seemed to have a home court advantage against uh, Alabama in the game on Friday. But last night, it was definitely 50-50 with Texas Tech and Irish fans. Fair enough. I'll give you that yeah. one. Notre Dame's such a prominent yeah. national, national brand. You're going to have people there. But i got to tell you, Mike, I don't know what game you were watching. I thought the game was playing, being played at McHale West. It was all Arizona. I said Arizona had the biggest fan base. But biggest? You're implying there was people from TCU. Well, uh, they, uh, a lot of people left that, that building, so there weren't that many people. It was a little bit. I, I talked to people who were there 12 rows above the Texas Tech bench. They said it was surreal watching the Arizona game because so many people had left after the Texas Tech game was over. Well, you know, if you were pulling for the Irish and they lose, you're not sticking around to watch the second game. All right. When we come back, we'll talk the playbook and then some of the other sports. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. 
All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscored team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscored.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. Oh, <laughs> I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. All oh, my friends love it. I love that it's kid-safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. This is Odds On with Mike Palm and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Bed River Sportsbook is offering new customers a deposit match up to $250 when you sign up today. In addition to their welcome bonus, Bet Rivers has daily ongoing promotions that can provide extra value. Download the Bet Rivers app or go to BetRivers.com today to sign up. Must be 21. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia, call 1-800-GAMBLER. 1-800-9 with it in Indiana. In Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. In Nevada, call 1-800-522-4700. All right, welcome back to Odds On. Mike Palm here. With Amal Shaw. All right, let's get into our plays. Amal, a recap over the weekend, and then you have a play for us tonight. Yeah, uh, went, uh, I forgot what the record was, but I lost on USC the other night and uh, sitting at 54 and 44 and 2 right now. Going to go with the Ohio Bobcats um, in the CBI down in Daytona. I like this matchup for this team. This Ohio team was probably the second or third best team in the MAC all year long. Uh, I thought Toledo was probably the best team, but they didn't make it, and Akron really impressed. I thought they should have beaten UCLA. By the way, 
You and I talked about this briefly. I thought UCLA really benefited from that block charge card call. You talked about the officiating in that first game with Hawkes. I thought mm-hmm. he should have been called for a charge. But I'm going to go with Ohio here tonight, Mike. Pick and price. They opened as a plus one, uh, which surprised me a little bit. Yeah, that tournament now that's played entirely there in Daytona, Daytona Beach. Beach yeah. They did it last year as well. Uh, coming back from the pandemic. Otherwise, this is not used as a basketball arena no. other than Bethune-Cookman plays a few there, a few games there once in a while. Yeah, what's interesting to me is how they get these teams here playing on Monday games. I, I love the things we do for money. They spread these games out. You know, there's a game going down in the final minutes here. Drake was a seven-point favorite against UNC Wilmington, a team we talked about getting no respect all year. Drake was up 17 and a half. The lead by one with 23 seconds to go real quickly. Other two matchups at 12.30 p.m. Pacific time. Northern Colorado, who upset FAU 74-71 in the first round of this tournament, taking on UNC Asheville, who upset Stephen Austin 80-68 as a seven-point dog. Yeah, uh, this I like UNC here. They can shoot the basketball very well. This team out of Greeley has done a great job all year. By the way, Mike, I got really lucky in that uh, game yesterday. They hit a three-pointer um, in the matchup against FAU. FAU did with... About three seconds remaining to get that second half total over 80 and a half. <laughs> and then at 3 p.m. Pacific time, Middle Tennessee State takes on Boston U. Uh, Middle Tennessee State won. It was a push. They were laying six, one by six over California Baptist. Boston U upset UNC Greensboro 71-68, catching a point and a half. Middle Tennessee State laying four and a half. I have a play on this game. Any opinion? I like Middle Tennessee here. Okay. I, I, go ahead. All right, we can flip right away to the Palm Reader playbook then. Uh, over the weekend, no good with three plays. LSU yeah. never, never led. I don't think they ever led in that game against Iowa State. Uh, got outplayed. Couldn't get in any, in any sort of an offensive rhythm there. Virginia Tech, give credit to Texas, uh, took them out of their game. Virginia Tech had shot the ball so well and routing Duke and North Carolina uh, in the tournament as well. All right, so I breathe a huge sigh of relief with my big bet. Pac-12 over five and a half wins. Now go into the Sweet 16 with four. UCLA and Arizona both with two couldn't get that win out of USC. So I either need both teams to advance to the Elite Eight or one of them to make the Final Four to get over this number. By the way, i got to start doing this more next year. It's a lot of fun, first of all. It's a great deal of of fun. You don't have to bet every game. Still have Texas Tech to make the Final Four. I'm going to look for some fade prices out there. Remember, it was uh, minus 575 on the note. Maybe it's come down, although all four top seeds advance in that region. I grabbed Miami on the overnight line here, the opener, one and a half. I can't see this closing less than three, maybe three and a half as people bet into this game during the week against Iowa State. That's a two-unit play. Then I have a one-unit parlay, Amal. I'm taking Middle Tennessee State on the money line, minus $2. I'm going to take the Predators on the money line, minus 170. It plays what plus 138. I like to play here with Nashville. Um, Mike, I didn't love the four and a half against BU, but I still like MTSU. I think it's a good team. They've had a really good year throughout the course of the season. They lost that tough triple overtime game against UAB in the Conference USA tournament. But um, uh, this is not a bad play. I really like your Miami play. you got a great number on it. Um, I think the number's sitting at two Two and and a half now. I would take that up to three. That's where I think the number should be. Uh, And I'm looking forward to your Pac-12 one here. you got two opportunities here. Jalen Sims with a layup to put Wilmington up one with four seconds to go against Drake. Down 17 and a half. Drake. Drake was 80 minus 8,000. To win the game, plus 4,500 on UNC Wilmington at halftime. 45 to 1 if you'd have taken a little of that in-game. Sugar. (laughs) Uh, I want to talk a little bit about this game, Predators and Ducks. Ducks are really bad. They've lost six in a row. Gibson had a goals against of 2-4 in mid-January. It's up to 3.05. Right now, currently, Predators are wild card number one in the West. Ducks, seven points out of a playoff position. Now, I want to hit, hit the game. That's the NHL Network game tonight. 
4 p.m. Pacific time. The Bruins at the Canadians. Canadians, of course, we know their struggles. Last in the division, 43 points. Bruins right now would be the wild card number one in the Eastern Conference. Allmark against Allen. Huge favorite on the road here tonight. The Bruins minus 235, but plus 110 on the puck line. Yeah, big number here, but if you're going to take the Bs, you got to go puck line here. Maybe you take a shot with the Canadians if you want to take a chance against them. You mentioned Linus Allmark and Net. Real quick, I want to go back to Gibby. Mm-hmm. He has not had a game since January 31st where he's yielded less than three goals. Oof. He's been horrific, and I like your play on the Preds there in this one. UC Saros is going to get the start there. Jake Allen in goal tonight against Allmark in that game. Allen has not played due to injury much this year. 6-16-3 and three with a 3.09. Goals against 5 p.m. Pacific time. The Golden Knights lost six in a row on the road, came home and won both games. Now they go to Minnesota. The big news, wild trade for Marc-Andre Fleury. Yeah, I mean, look, it's going to be a good addition for the postseason. A tremendously experienced goaltender with three rings there. Um, it should be a he- huge help for this team going forward. No opinion on this particular matchup here between uh, Vegas and the, uh, Minnesota. Thompson and that against Talbot tonight. Uh, Knights really don't have many options other than Thompson. Uh, with Leonard Hurt, both teams have won two in a row coming in. Wild, lane 180 at home, puck line plus 140, total six and a half. One other matchup tonight, a team, two teams on winning streaks, 6.30 p.m. from Denver. It's the Oilers at the Avalanche. Currently, Oilers are third in the Pacific Division with 74 points. Avalanche have the most points in hockey, top the Central Division at 93. Of all the Oilers have won five in a row coming in, the Avalanche have won three in a row. Mike Smith against Darcy Kemper got only $2 at home with the Avalanche, total of six and a half. Yeah, I don't want to do it here, but I would look towards the over. I think it's going to be a higher scoring game. Both teams, I believe, will probably get to three points in this matchup. So, by the way, Mike, I finally ended my streak. I won a game on the Dallas Stars on oh, Sunday. I won two bets on the Dallas Stars in that game. So well, you don't have to rub it in, okay? No, I'm, I'm just saying, <laughs> I bet the Stars, when they yeah. jumped out to one nothing lead, they were only minus 145. And then I bet uh, I bet an end period total in the second period, under two and a half after the first goal. I think I'm one and 20 probably with the Stars this year, but I got under six and a half because Ottinger made a ridiculous save on great Carlson save. Great save. on an empty net. Uh, they, they tried to lose that game. <laughs> they Stars did. tried to blow a two-goal third <laughs> period course. lead. Uh, currently, the, the um, Vegas Golden Knights are the second wild card in the West. They're teetering on making the playoffs. I want to take about futures odds on the Stanley Cup. Back on January 27th, the Knights were 8-1. to one. They're currently 13-1. to one. I still think that's a ridiculous price. I think this team, I said it before the year, plus 900, they missed the playoffs. Everybody laughed when they were six points ahead in the Pacific Division, but they are struggling. Yeah, they really are, and it, it's going to be interesting to see what happens going down the stretch. Um, uh, I, I think this is still wide, wide open, Mike. I'm not. Colorado's like the Purdue of yeah. the NHL. Got to prove it. They've ticked slightly down to plus 425, Panthers plus 550. Still think you got to beat the Lightnings. $8, Flames, who've been the hottest team. Uh, in the last month, plus nine dollars. I have the Rangers at twenty-six to one. They're currently at eighteen to one. You believe the Panthers at this price? No, too short. No, way too short. <laughs> I'd, I'd much rather take the Lightning. Absolutely. I, I, I I'd rather I take John, the Hurricanes. I'd rather take the Hurricanes at ten to one. I don't know what John Cooper, Vasilevsky, and this team have to do before I people start to believe uh, in them. I, I don't believe in Bobrovsky in the playoffs. Bobrovsky uh, doesn't believe in Bobrovsky in the playoffs. He had one series in his life. Uh, he beat Tampa Bay at a, as a four to one dog. Um, I'm all I forgot for some housekeeping here. Your pick uh, in the Midwest with Kansas, uh, with Iowa being out, you get to submit another pick for your final four here. I'm going to go with the dog here, which is Providence. I love the way this team has played. Now you get into a situation where the games are going to be really close. I think Providence got a great chance. Uh, so go with PC here. Poor, uh, poor Frank, poor Frank Schwab. 
He comes on the show Friday, and of course, that's the one time the Lakers win a game, winning in overtime out of all these. It was a revenge spot catching nine against Toronto, and also the revenge for Washington got there on Saturday, uh, on Saturday against the Lakers. Great way to bet the NBA. Tonight, Lakers are in Cleveland. Uh, losers of four or five. Cleveland's won two in a row. This game opened six. I believe it's ticked down to five. Cavs lane five. Do you fade the Lakers tonight in Cleveland? I do not. I think LeBron has a monster game here. Uh, I think the Lakers cover the five in this one. This Cleveland team's been very good all year long, but I would take a look at the Cavaliers, excuse me, the Lakers plus the number. Good matchup in Philadelphia. Heat at Sixers. Heat currently the one seed in the East. Sixers the three seed. Heat have won two in a row, and they're laying two and a half tonight in Philadelphia. Well, Joel Embiid out with the back issue, so that's a concern when you look at this Philadelphia team long term. Mike, these, these games in the NBA are so tough because you don't know who's in, who's out. It's one of those things consistently you got to pay attention to if you're going to be looking at betting some of these NBA lines. Jazz have won three in a row. Nets have won five of six. The Jazz are in Brooklyn tonight to take on the Nets. Nets opened one. The Jazz now a point and a half road favorite. I think it's the right move. You know, still no Kyrie in that lineup there at home, so that has a factor in terms of how you look at this uh, Brooklyn Nets team when they're at home. Here's the one game I looked at, and I don't know that much about the NBA. 5 o'clock Pacific time, Raptors at Bulls. Raptors have won 6-7 of seven them all. The Bulls have lost three in a row. Bulls laying four at home here. I'm tempted to take the Raptors in four. Uh, I mean, it's not the worst play. Uh, Van Bleet is going to still be a game-time decision as he's listed every day, but uh, this is not a bad play at all, especially with the way Toronto has played. All right. Tomorrow I want to get into some of the NBA trades and things that have been going on. Deshaun to Cleveland. You liked Baltimore. Devontae to, to, to the Raiders. The AFC West is crazy. I, I Stay think, tuned to VEASAN. Up next, betting across America. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's KidSafe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for.